Well, after a fine run of form since July, we are seeing the US dollar uptrend give way. Are we going to see a bit of a chop vest coming through in the US dollar going forward? We are seeing better buying coming through in US Treasury, certainly on the long end of the curve, as a coordinated Fed talk term premiums. We look at US earnings in the session ahead and we look at the, whether the bar is sufficiently low enough to see upside coming through in equities as a result. And we also preview the all-important US CPI print. This is The Trade-Off. Well, hello, I'm Chris Weston from Pepperstone, and I'm going to be joined in two seconds by Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics, and we're going to be going through all the navigation and charts and all the setups that are coming through in these crazy world of markets. Mr. Blake Morrow, I'm going to bring you into the program. I'm going to ask you one question to start off with. Uh, did you buy some Birkenstock stock today? Oh, I'm sorry. I was falling asleep. You did so many takes. I just like literally dozed off there for a second. The answer to that question is no, I did not buy Birkenstocks. I refuse to buy Birkenstocks because all the teenagers here wear them and I just won't do it. Chris. Would you buy a pair of Birkenstocks over a pair of Crocs? You seem like a bit of a Crocs man to me. You know, uh, the, the, the the unfortunate question that you ask uh, means that my, my kid actually has both Birkenstocks and Crocs. So if I was faced with this, this ridiculous question for myself, I would have to go with Crocs. Because well, I, I reckon, can garden in them. I reckon there's going to be a cheeky pairs trade in there somewhere along the way. Maybe a bit of a long Birkenstocks off uh, sh long Birkenstock short Crocs. I think that's going to be the trade for me going forward. Yeah, anyway, let's yeah. get. A, I think it's time to get serious, Blake. Let's go into Topical Thunder and see what's making news at the moment. <laughs> right, we're going to go into bonds because I think that's part of the reason we have seen uh, risk assets uh, moving up a bit sharply. We have seen a, a bit of reversal coming through in the S&P, NASDAQ and, and global equity markets. Uh, I certainly like you know, what I'm seeing in, in Japan at the moment. I think you know, the, the Nikkei may have sort of some short-term upside there as well. And uh, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that the uptrend that, that we've seen in the dollar index, which has been in place since July, has given way. doesn't necessarily mean you're going to see a collapse. Uptrends when they break don't mean that, but it, it does suggest to me that we could see a bit of sideways chop uh, and one more for sort of the range trade mean reversionists to play through. Um, but yeah, I think you know the idea that, that we'd seen this rampant sell-off in nominal and real rates. Um, yeah, the ten-year Treasury got up to four point eight eight percent. We're now down to what sort of four and a half, four fifty-five or so. Uh, so good buying across the curve, um, and but yield curves, which were we were bare steepening, have come and, and flattened out in the last week or so. And I think that's largely down to the raft of Fed members that we've been seeing uh, talking about the idea that the capital markets are doing a lot of the job for them, and the 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 the, the rise that we've been seeing at the long end, and and the the increased positive term premium uh, means that, that that that's tightened financial conditions to the tune of about one rate hike, and therefore they don't really need to do it because. Um, yeah, the Fed, who are pricing them a run rate hike in, in the dot plot projections, the, the, the bond market has essentially done that tightening for them. So they've given us that message. And of course, yields have fallen amongst other other aspects. Beta buyers are playing through. And I think that you know, the US dollars come under a little bit of positioning uh, unwind as a result. So that's where we are. The question is, after we have seen that that that, that move that we've been seeing in real rates and, 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 and nominals, is this the time to see further buying and, and, and yields continue to move lower? Um, and how's the trade there, Blake? So, uh, you know, just looking at it, just to make sure I had the date correct, if you go back and look at like the 10-year lows and notes, which was back in October of 2022, we're quickly approaching that previous support 
should act as current resistance from a basic technical analysis standpoint. I, I actually think that the the bond market low is a tradable low. Um, I, you know, tomorrow we're faced with CPI and we're going to talk about CPI in just a few topics. Mm-hmm. And if it, if it, uh, you know, comes in a little hotter, you know, based on what we saw on, with producer prices, perhaps we get, uh, we get a little bit of a, a move uh, lower in the bond market, little, little, uh, rise in, in, in 10 year yields. But I think you can al- almost trade against that, uh, knowing where the, where the lows are at in the 10 year. I think the 10 year are moving up for a couple of different reasons. Uh, you're, the reasons you laid out are, are uh, succinct and I would, would agree with them. I think the next topic is going to outline maybe some of the reasons why near term you might see buyers uh, because they have options. Now people have options. Investors have options. Now, Chris, I don't have to be in NVIDIA. I don't have to be in Microsoft. I don't even have to be in, you know, XYZ electric company anymore. I can be in, you know, treasuries and, and lock in a yield. And so I think that, 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 that ability to have some diverse diversification at these levels becomes attractive. So answer your question, uh, green light. I think it's, what is the, when green, when yellow turns to green, what color would that be? Anyway, lime green. So I'm green. <laughs> green. <laughs> okay. I'll ask my child who's studying primary <laughs> colors. <laughs> it did. Hey, you're closer to that primary color study chart than I am. I, let me just put it to you that way. But I do like the I do like the bond market here. Um, and and that would be my my the end of my comments, Chris. How about you? <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean I I don't see massive downside uh, unless. But um, yeah, I, I do think we've seen the highs in terms of yield and, and lows in terms of price at 488. I don't think we're going to get over five percent. Um, but you know, obviously, if we if we start making a move up, then then I'll, I'll eat my words. But I think we've seen a high now. Um, obviously, let's watch see what happens with the CPI print um, this week, which we can talk about in a second. But yeah, I do think we've seen the highs. Um, but yeah, it's it's difficult to make a case for significant lower levels until we see the service sector give up and we see unemployment you know, spike up 30, 50 basis points. I think the the employ- if you're bullish bonds. Um, unfortunately, you're in a situation where you need you know, the unemployment rate to move up 50 basis points, and that's when you're going to see a recession. So yeah, you, you're sort of positioned or hedging yourself against sort of misery, I think. Or you want to talk misery. Let's go ahead and jump topics, Chris, and let's let's move along. And let's move along to the unfortunate topic of what's happening in Israel, uh, something that obviously uh, caught myself. Uh, I'm sure every, every market participant here uh, by surprise. It's not a I, I, I want to first of all say that I don't like to talk about these type of topics, not on a show like this. I don't want it to be political. I don't mm. I'm, I'm not a geopolitic uh, geopolitics expert. Mm. I have no, no, no uh, zero credentials as far as my opinions go in yeah. the Middle East. Um, however, it is a situation that's been thrown upon us as market participants. So therefore we have to kind of think about what do we do here? And, and, uh, and I think that's, that's appropriate at this point in time yeah. because it is a very unfortunate situation no, I agree completely. that is, that is happening. But, you know, I want to talk about where, where the, you know, I want to say opportunities are, but maybe at where the risks are, you know, when you talk about risks associated with what's happening in, in, in Gaza, and, and to what's happened in Israel, uh, you're talking about crude and mm. what the effects are there in crude oil. Mm. Uh, I think, bond, I think, uh, excuse me, gold, gold has caught a little bit of a bid on a risk aversion uh, point of view from a risk, yeah. risk aversion point of view. Plus, you can you can obviously talk about yields and, and, and the dollar. 
Um, but we also have, you know, the bond market. And I think the bond market is, 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 you know, people are finding it attractive at this point based on what's, what could develop, uh, in the middle East. And then you talk, I have to talk about the dollar too. The dollar has been sold for the reasons that you pointed out. However, you know, if you start seeing the bond market, gold and bonds all rallying at the same time, you know, I think you you got yourself in, in a little bit of a, you know, and, and, and VIX starts to rise. You throw that on top of it. You mm-hmm. really have a situation where the market's getting concerned about these geopolitical risks that are, are now, uh, you know, hovering above us as a cloud. So anyway, I wanted to get your thoughts. I took up a lot of time there. But what are your thoughts regarding um, the what's happening in Israel, but how we should be positioning? Yeah, I, I concur. I mean, it's it's. it's- we are trying to price certainty. We're trying to price risk, and this is a uh, you know something that's very fluid, and you know we're we're not experts in this, so our ability to make the connections is is very hazy. Um, I think you know there there was uh, issues this week that that the Saudis may uh, who were who are making noises uh, about changing their output cut um, at the end of the year. That that looked like they're probably going to extend that. We saw a bit of a pop in crude on the back on the. On, the, on those those issues, and that's something that, that we're still watching. Whether the the output cuts that they've put in place, you know, would be reversed by the end of the year, that suggests that, that they probably will keep that in place for a, for a, for a period. Uh, we yeah, we're, we're still watching whether there's going to be sanctions being placed on Iran. Uh, we've seen you know President Biden step up today and say he's standing very firm with Israel. So we're watching to see how that 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 develops. Um, Iran have been exporting more crude recently, so we'll be watching that one uh, to see if there's any kind of uh, issues around that. But look, for me, I watch the market price action. The market tells me, and, and we're always a slave to price anyway. If we have a look at calendar spreads in crude, you know the difference between say one month and the eighth month future. Um, yeah, that was trading at about a ten dollar premium, showing that the, the you know, front months had been massively outperforming uh, and that's come to about five dollars if we really thought that there was going to be supply issues coming through um, as a result of these geopolitical issues then then those calendar spreads would widen out that's not happening uh, and crude prices are, are falling at the moment so that yeah that, that's probably positive for for risk in general um, but I will say this is that you know from a from a market's perspective if we were to see in the weeks ahead uh, a spike up in crude um, yeah, look, that's going to be inflationary for headline uh, CPI, um, but at the same time, I think the market would see it as a as a as a an accelerant to a, a recession in global markets, uh, and therefore, I think that the market would would buy gold, uh, and I think they would buy bonds as a result of that. So, headline inflation goes up, but a massive tax on the consumer, uh, and I think that would that that's where I'm seeing it. That's how I'm reading this at the moment. And well, I want to just add one last thing before we move along these topics. Uh, if you're, you know, you're trading around the markets and you're like, holy crap, there's a lot of headline risk. Um, you're not wrong. There is. Uh, so, you know, if, if you're if you're 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 sitting there looking at the market saying, I, I want to take advantage of, you know, maybe some moves that are happening, but you don't want to be blindsided by things that could, that are beyond our control. Make sure you reduce your risk size and 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 play defensive here and uh, and reduce your risk. Uh, this way, you reduce your exposure in the markets. That's that's always the the default, um, you know, uh, safe safe thing to do in the markets and during situations like this. So, all right, anyway, we're going to go to. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm going to switch gears and, and and take it to US yeah. CPI now. Um, this is the interesting one, Blake, because you know the market's got this this really strong default position that that we may see a little bit of 
volatility in, in, in the direction of travel with CPI in the next couple of months. But ultimately, they've got a very strong view that in the, in the next 12 months, we're going to see headline inflation uh, around 225, which is what's being priced in CPI fixings. Um, so I think anything that, that sort of throws that that journey off balance is where we're going to get the volatility. When when market pricing has conviction around that and and that and they question that judgment, that's where you're going to get dispersions in views and volatility. Um, so this CPI number, I, I think, is going to be reasonably important. If you look at implied volatility around these numbers, it's not overly high. So people aren't expecting fireworks from this. Now I think if we have a look at expectations. Uh, for headline inflation, the market's expecting it to be at 3.6%. Um, I, I think there's probably some modest downside risk to that if we look at CPI fixings. Uh, the market's betting uh, that we're going to see around 3.55%, so slightly under. Um, month on month, around uh, 25 basis points, or 0.25 of 1%. Core is going to be really interesting. They're expecting that to come in at 4.1%. Um, now, the way I'm looking at it, Blake, is that if we were to see yeah, above 4.3% on on head on core uh, and you know we're looking at you know core services ex shelter and 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 rents um yeah if we were to see above 4.3% then i think the market would say hang on that that's not part of the script and and de-risk the us dollar finds a new leg up um a three handle though on on core cpi would be very welcomed indeed that's the playbook i'm running with how are you looking at well, I'm looking at it kind of the same way. And the one one thing I want to I, I want to the, the caveat, I guess, is the pendulum has really swung against the dollar this week uh, as yields have come off. And, and the dollar has been trading really heavy over the last couple of days. So even even with the the, the, the producer price number coming in um, hotter than expected, uh, you know, month over month, uh, both core and and headline. You know, I, I got to say that that the dollar still isn't performing that well. I think it's maybe, maybe traders. Point. Are I, I, if you told yeah. me that headline number, if you told me that PPI number yesterday, I would have said, yeah, the US dollar should have a nice run. And when something doesn't do what you want it to do, you've got to put question marks. And you know, I think I think you make a really good point. I would have expected a much hotter reaction from the dollar. So I think it shows. Yeah, you know, it, 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 I wouldn't say it's in the doghouse, but it's 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 sort of been shunned outside by yeah you know, to get there. <laughs> It is, and and it, and it's back below, you know, kind of the breakout point. It looks like it it could be very vulnerable here, but again, think about the risks. The risks, I think, at this point, because the pendulum pendulum has swung so far uh, with the dollar, just over the course of the last week, the dollar could really snap back on a, on a hot CPI number tomorrow. Do, so do, you, do, Ameri- do Americans call it pendulum, not pendulum? Is this like aluminum? Is this where you're going to get wrong? I, I have it wrong. Just whatever <laughs> whatever I just said, it's wrong. Just assume that. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Well, we're going to move along to uh, something else. <laughs> that we're going to we're going to move on to the next topic because yeah, we are waiting for CPI tomorrow. But let's talk about banks because I think banks are like very overlooked at this point, and it's not something that's on everybody's radar because everybody has this assumption that uh, that that banks uh, you know are going to make you know. A, gobs of money when interest rates rise they they have they can they can put in some juice on those loans the problem is chris is there's not a whole lot of juice there because there's not a lot of loan demand and and with rates where they're at you're starting to see um you know stresses uh from from the you know um uh, bankruptcies uh credit card delinquencies bank loans have have screeched to almost a halt so it's going to be really interesting to hear from the banks this friday i think um let's see i got a, i got a list of all the banks that we are going to hear from we've got wells fargo well we get, there's more than this by the way but the big ones wells fargo citigroup jp morgan blackrock pnc first republic 
ah, I don't know if you've looked at First Republic stock recently. You know, it's in the doghouse. And then I know you follow the regional bank index, which is going to be, yeah, it's KRE is going to be in everybody's radar uh, going into going into the end of the week. And I think it's something that we need to be thinking about because rates have went up so far, so fast. And, uh, you know, how is how, how what are the banks going to be saying? I think we, you need to be sitting around looking for headlines, listening to some of you will be bored enough where you're going to listen to the calls, but I would just be looking <laughs> no, for the headlines. The calls. Yeah, I guarantee no, no one on the show listens and listens to a CEO um, call, sure. but yeah, I don't know. Okay. Maybe I do some, some of the calls anyway, but the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that banks do matter and it's Friday. It's going to be at the end of the day. It's going to be in the evening there for you in Australia, but I still think that you should be listening to what's happening. So what, what are your thoughts about the banks on Friday as they start reporting earnings? Yeah, look, I, I've been pretty pessimistic on on the KRE on the regionals, but um, yeah, given the move lower in, in bond yields, you've actually seen sort of a better price action playing through, and yeah, it does feel like that there's a little bit more upside in the KRE in the short term. I'm not trading it, but I feel like that's the probably the probability trade there. Uh, in the big ones, obviously, we look at JP Morgan, that's your marquee bank, that's that that has a sort of a premium. You kind of expect them to to come out of good earnings. They've beaten EPS uh, and revenue, I think, six out of the last eight quarters, and Jamie Dimon just gets the job done. Um, they're they're just the, the best capitalized bank, best best run bank out there. But yeah, I think if you look at that, I mean, there's, there's the banks more generally. We're going to be looking at asset quality. Of course, we're going to be looking at asset quality. We're going to be looking at guidance uh, around the asset base. Whether there's going to be write downs playing through, there could be some charge offs that, that are taking through. We're going to be looking at net income, uh, net interest income, uh, and those net int- interest income should actually be pretty good to the point where we're going to see EPS growth playing through. The banks, if we look at financial sector, actually expected to see about eight percent EPS growth as a sector, which is going to be you know, one of the best performing sectors or, or have the, the most anticipated EPS growth playing through because of what we've been seeing net income, uh, net interest income playing through there. So interesting, well, I've got my firmly on JP Morgan. You know, the stock's been trading 150, 142, you know, sort of uh, caught in a bit of a range there. Yeah, that's similar with Wells and, and uh, yeah, they've been sort of consolidating, uh, missing a spark. You know, the market doesn't want to bid them up at the moment, but they don't really want to short them either, to be honest. So it's kind of one or the other. Maybe this earnings season is going to be the catalyst there. But I do think you need to be watching the banks. I think you're absolutely right. What's happening with the demand for loans? Are we going to see a contraction demand for loans? What's the asset quality? It's going to be one there for the macro ballers, not just the, the bottom-up stock pickers. So I, I think you're right. I think I'm glad you brought this up because uh, it does get overlooked. I, and I think the insights from your man, Jamie Dimon, um, and, and and some of the other CEOs is going to be really, really, really important. Agreed. Yeah, nice. Let's go to, uh, <laughs> well, let's go to that's the setup. All right, let's chuck it uh, straight onto the uh, the yellow metal, Mr. Gold. Let's bring it in. Okay, so we've got a downtrend that's been in place. This this this, or this channel that's been in place. Look at the support there. I mean, it was it was it was it was beautiful. It was a, it was a, like an orchestra of price action, uh, and we came in and traded down to that eighteen ten. You know those lows that we saw. I think we talked about it last week on the channel. Um, you know, we hit the bottom of the channel. The buyers stepped in and said. I'll have a bit of that. And they've done really nicely. Traded through the 38.2% retracement of that recent uh, move that we saw from September. Um, yeah, we've seen good flow. 
from traders ourselves, you know, good two-way flow actually. Um, but yeah, it feels like this has got a squeeze um, into that, that that recent pivot low around 1880 or so, and then there may be a break of that takes us to the top end of the channel. Um, I like it at the moment. I like the message I'm hearing from gold. The message I'm hearing from gold, Blake, is that rate hikes are over from the Federal Reserve. I think the, the, yeah, the credit market, oh, sorry, the, 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 the swaps market agrees. Um, how are you trading this one right now? Well, eighteen eight. Well, you said eighteen eighty. I was looking at eighteen eighty five. You know, tomato, tomato. Real, we're you know, hand, horseshoes and hand grenades, yeah. as we like to well, say. It's, 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 it's the swing, it's, the August swing low, should we say? Yep, yep. And those are the levels that are going to be very important on this on this move back up. And I and I think you know a lot of traders were looking for opportunities to buy it. And I think that you have to be looking at it kind of like the bond market. I think the low tradable low is in. So any type of pullback, like let's say we have a hot number on CPI, uh, dollar rallies a little bit, gold pulls back. I think you use that as an opportunity to be, be on the long side. You know, if you can get long somewhere around the 1830 level, you know, with risk below 1810 or 1805, you know, I think that's the trade. Uh, I, I do like it to the upside, but am I going to chase it after a, you know, a, a 60 point move higher over the course of the last couple of days? I don't want to. But again, you know, you start looking at some of the risks that are surrounding the, the rest of the world right now, uh, you know, calling Middle East specifically, gold market might be that level that might be that market that everybody ends up running to. So I, I do think it, it looks it looks prime. I want to try to quickly go on. Uh, just prefer, I, I think that you know, the, the market is now um, saying that the next move is going to be a cut, but that cut's not going to come into into 2024, of course. But, yeah, the Fed are done. Um, the financial markets have done. The other quick one before we move on to the NASDAQ is the idea that, you know, very, very soon we should hear um, uh, the round of voting for, for the new House Speaker, um, whether it's going to be Steve Scalise or Jim Jordan. If it's Jim Jordan, I think, yeah, gold prices have a bit of a pop on that one, to be honest, because he is so far on the on the right hand side of conservatism and fiscal hawk that um that that he will appeal to the to the to the to the freedom caucus he is a, a big member of that um but the chance of the US getting anything done under Jim Jordan and in 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 the house is going to be very very remote we're going to see an extended shutdown although the, the the shutdown when it comes i think it will come will be capped because active servicemen in the military in the US um you know if you don't get paid that's going to be a political shitstorm in the US, won't it, Blake? I mean, at the end of the day, if they miss a payment, sure active servicemen, if you miss two payments, then you know all hell breaks loose. So you've got a natural handbrake on how long the shutdown would last for um, because it's just not going to happen. Um, and of course, they do get back pay. Um, but I think, you know, Steve Scalise would be a neutral. Um, but if we were to see Jim Jordan, the other person who's in the mix, um, then I think the idea that anything gets done in the House is going to be it's going to be unwound. He's, it's just not going to appeal to any Democrats to get done. And that majority in the House is so slim. So I think that's an interesting point that we that, that gold traders need to look at as well. Who Who is going to be the next House Speaker there? And you'll, you're going to have an automatic tailwind for gold. So yeah, I, I, I think that's uh, worth noting, Chris. Appreciate you bringing that up. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to take us up to uh, my first setup, which is going to be the NASDAQ 100. Uh, you could look at this as a flag pattern which would be a bull flag pattern, meaning that, it, that, that we're at risk of, a, of an upside breakout. You know, it's hard to think about the NASDAQ breaking out higher in this current environment. But at the same time, I've seen markets over the last several decades, Chris, move up and down and you have no idea why the hell it's happening, but you kind of got to go with it, right? So we're, we're right at, we're at channel resistance and we're, we're, you know, within about, let's just say a hundred points, uh, give or take uh, of that channel resistance. Um, also, if you believe 
that stocks are mispriced and they should be shorted, this is you're you're getting towards a risk reward level where you're going to get a good pivot. So uh, I I think this is a setup, Chris. You know, it's I don't have any skin in the game as far as the Nasdaq 100 goes, but I think it's worth noting that you know a breakout higher above that uh, trend line, you know, because we're back above the 50 DMA could put us right back at trend highs, you know, above 15,600. The flip side is you know a, a reversal here. Next thing you know is we're trading down at 14,400. So what what are your thoughts here? Um, uh, regarding the Nasdaq, oh, look, mate, I, I, you know this is a great setup, and and thanks for bringing it up. I think it's it's. I mean, I, I'll ask you a question. I mean, if if it does prove to be um, you know, a bull flag, um, and we won't know until it's actually complete. Obviously, I mean, if you look at the the extension of where that technically could target, it's. I mean, what what's your, what's the target on it? it would be <laughs> you're looking for a massive new bull market, right? I mean, it is a brand new bull market, and we're going to the 127% extension, all-time highs, 18.4, 18.4, 18.5. Yeah, I mean, and I, lo- I love these. I love these bull, bull flags. I mean, obviously, it still needs a bit of work. It looks like gold on steroids uh, in, in in that last chart. But um, so I, I think this is one that, that everyone should be watching. I mean, if it, yeah, the trade that I put out last week, which we've been involved with, is is short Russell long Nasdaq, and that trade continues to work. I think that's that that's a, a sort of a lower beta way of trading this, and I think that continues to work really well. Um, all those banks, regional banks, are, are, are supporting um, the Russell to an extent. But I think yeah, if this if this completes. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of people talking about it, and I think you go along for the ride. Um, you know, think less, make more effectively in that situation. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, let's go to let's go to Cad Swiss. This is a viewer question that we had from 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 one of the, the viewers from last week. Um, uh, you can see, uh, I would appreciate the the Cad Swiss analysis if and when possible. An interesting one because we've been talking, Blake, about Cad Swiss, um, you know, over a, a number of shows. I think it's probably where. Um, uh, yeah, we, we, we've been seeing you know, if, if people come back to us on this one. Obviously, we've got that downtrend breaking out. Uh, we had a really, really powerful move coming through. Um, you know, the um, you know, the CAD obviously taking in a lot of the venom that we've been seeing from that that recent the, the spike higher in crude prices. Um, yeah, before we've just seen that collapse recently. But when we saw that really strong move up in there, the CAD was um, reverted back to that correlation in terms of trade, and actually, yeah, we, we saw the CAD actually having the strongest correlation with WTI crude. And obviously, we got back into that horizontal resistance, literally touched at the T, and then it's just been you know down, down, down. Um, and we can see we're just about to go and test that sixty-one point eight percent retracement of that level. I think this has got further downside. Uh, I think that crude prices have got further downside in the short term. Uh, you know, I think if we look at the way the curve's trading, the way the price actually on front bumps trading I think there's further downside uh, and so I like this um, to the to be short I think we go and test that 61.8% retracement maybe get a bit of a bounce into that I'll be selling rallies off that that retracement level but the downside is where I see the high probability Blake how are you seeing that one well you know uh, one of the things I want to I want to say regarding the Swiss and and I know we're going to be stacked up on Swiss pairs so this is going to apply not only to the CAD Swiss but also the Aussie Swiss uh, if you take a look at the dollar Swiss currency uh, it is breaking down. It's got a double top, false breakout to the upside. Is breaking down, heading uh, towards an ascending trend line, which is I don't know. I, I'm off the cuff, it's maybe about a hundred pips away uh, for further downside, which means that the Swiss franc is being bought uh, right now against a lot of different crosses. Not only the CAD, but you're seeing it against the dollar as well. And we'll see how it looks against the Aussie here momentarily. But Chris, I got to say, Swiss. It does look like a safe haven currency. And in this type of environment, you know, Swiss francs seem to be like the hot, hot ticket right now. And uh, with that being said, 
let's just take it over to the next setup because this is a viewer uh, question. It's interesting, Chris, how we had two viewer questions all, also on Swiss pairs. This is from Eduardo. So thanks for, uh, thanks for writing it in, uh, Eduardo. Um, you know, and I, it's the first thing, first thing I thought of when I pulled this up is the double top and the dollar Swiss going to give, give a nice tailwind to Swiss to the Swiss franc, uh, the, the, the middle East, uh, heating up, uh, you know, and, and it, you know, not so such great terms, but it's also bringing Swiss demand. Uh, then you take a look at the, like a currency like the Aussie Swiss, which, by the way, the Aussie has been holding up fairly well. But what you're going to see here, Chris, is that, that we have some support, horizontal support right at the, you know, 5760 level. And just below that's a 50 DMA. You know, we start snapping through those levels, through the, those stops. I think the Aussie Swiss could make a, another plunge to the downside. Look at the overall arching trend from left to right. It's moving down and it's yeah, it's making lower highs and, you know, maybe we'll end up making lower lows. So anyway, what are your thoughts on the Aussie Swiss? I I, I got your feelings on the, the, the well, I think it's, it does feel like the times they are a changing. Um, and I've actually turned a little bit more constructive on the Australian dollar. I think that the, the market, if we look at China, I think we're seeing interesting times there. I mean, the, the Chinese government just issued, announced they're going to issue $137 billion of, of bonds, which you know takes the deficit above 3% of GDP, which is something that they projected in March. So they're blowing out the deficit, which is something that's really uncommon in, in China, um, and, and they're issuing more debt. And that will be supportive of infrastructure and growth. I think we're seeing a trend, a better trend in the Chinese data flow. And that should turn, uh, amongst other factors, um, are more constructive on the Aussie. The question is, is how you trade the Aussie. And it's not against the Swiss franc in this situation. You're doing it against other currencies uh, in a similar boat. But yeah, I think with the Swiss, with that defensive uh, situation, you know, I think it, 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 we are finding qualities about that. But the technicals are screaming out now. I mean, if this goes down, if this breaks through those levels, we're putting sell stops there. Uh, yeah, I'll go along for the ride. So despite the fact that I'm turning tactically a bit more constructive over a medium term on the Australian dollar, um, the charts they ain't lying, and 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 they, I think that's got lying. downside. They ain't lying. So I think there's <laughs> they a, lying. I think yeah. I think the way that you do this is around the execution of your trade. You can see there's a really long term downtrend. We've we've had that sort of swing up. We're sort of going. Is this going to go? Put your sell stops below the market and let the market just the gravity take it and 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 let that ride take it there. A currency in motion stays in motion. Um, I can't remember who said that. It was uh, one of the famous uh, famous um, scientists back in the day. We know who that is. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's the way you execute your trade. Sell stop orders, let the momentum trade it and take it down and, and, and we continue to ride that. But turning a bit more constructive uh, on the Aussie, Mr. Blake, I think it's an interesting one. There. Mm. Mm. I'll <laughs> save it for the play of the day. Let's go to play of the day. Well done. All right, well, I'm going to, in, in play de jeu, I'm going to go Sterling Cad. Now, I've uh, coined this one. Uh, it's ugly, but I like it. I think that's something my wife says about me every day. But um, now, why do I say that? Is because, you know, there's not a lot to like about the pound, to be honest. I mean, we are going to be waiting uh, for the next CPI number comes out on the 18th, a couple of days after that, the retail sales number. And that's obviously, we are very much focused in the UK on, on what's happening in um, the service sector, um, and, and the impact that's had. All these service-led economies are looking very closely at that. Um, the PMI numbers were pretty awful recently. Um, but the market 
market's telling me a message here. You know, you've got a really good double top in play after a nice snapback. Um, and the way that I want to play this is, again, similar to what we've been seeing in, in, in Blake's Aussie Swiss play, um, is looking to do buy stop orders above that level. Now, of course, a lot of these do fail, um, and there's a good chance it will fail, um, in which case you want to stop out very, very close and very quickly. But there's also a good chance, given that this is kind of like a, a very concentrated cup and handle pattern, um, that this could really ramp up and, and, and move into you know, uh, you know, markedly higher on the back of this. So I'm fairly negative on the CAD as we talked about in the last one there but I just want to just do this tactically I'm putting buy stop orders above the market um, and I'm just looking to ride that momentum I like what I'm seeing in the price action um, and maybe there's a situation where some of the data flow in the UK has maybe got a bit negative uh, we're not pricing any rate hikes in the UK um, and I think that's that's led us to a much more clean structure but then again I think the Bank of England are done but yeah just tactically looking to trade momentum trade a breakout uh, and ride this one higher if it comes all right. Well, my play of the day, Chris, is going to be against your Aussie idea, and it's going to be the Euro Aussie. Now, I've mapped it out really nice for everybody here. Um, the, the thing is, I'm looking at it as a, from a risk-reward uh, play, and I'm looking at it, and you'll notice the title, Bracing for Impact. Look, uh, I, last week, shorted New Zealand uh, yen. It's kind of up in my face right now, still respecting that longer-term trend line, so I'm not so worried about it. Chris, your comments regarding the Australian dollar does, uh, you know, I, I do think about that. And I think about how well the Aussie has been performing in this environment. However, the Euro Aussie has popped out of its channel. And you can see the longer term channel in marked in blue uh, is really the risk. And it's really below the 618 that comes in at 1.6328. That is your low risk. That's that lower bubble that you see down there. The, the, the smaller bubble, that would be kind of your entry around that trend line. And then I'd be looking for a move back above the 50 DMA and maybe back up towards 170. It's a good risk reward to play in the longer term trend. And if things go a little, how should I say, tits up in the market, that means on your back, you know, the market's on its back, tits up, right? That means that uh, if that happens, the Euro tends to outperform the Aussie. In, in situations like that. And uh, I think the Euro Aussie will benefit from a little bit of risk aversion if we do indeed get it. So that's my play of the say, day, Chris. Very good. And you've been having fun with circles as well. I think I'm channeling uh, my inner Michael Brown who'd say something similar to that. Oh, he's got his crayons <laughs> out. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, no, it's good. I like it as well. But I think, yeah, the Aussie as well, um, you know, we I think we really need to see you know, Chinese markets outperform, um, you know, to see some capital flying through the northbound connecting that. I want to see, you know, equity markets outperforming in China. And I would like to see, obviously, uh, some strength coming back into the yuan. If we were to see that, then you will see Blake's trade under pressure. Uh, but if we just, yep. if we were to see the yuan uh, weaken off, then, then you're going to do well. But I think for the Aussie to really outperform, given that structural, um, these the, the things are turning, now we need to see the for the Aussie to be a proper proxy, you need to see yuan strengthen and we need to see the, the Chinese equity markets outperforming and maybe you know, some of the property stocks looking looking a bit better as well. And that's where you're going to get the big outperformance from the Australian dollar in, in, in that situation. So look, the markets are changing around. We're seeing, you know, it's interesting, Blake, that we're not doing a huge amount of um, you know, plays on the, on the US dollar. And I think that's because we are seeing this stru structural change after this really nice one-way move based on exceptionalism and resilience and other factors. We're now starting to see a bit of a chop, and that's probably why we're not looking at that one so closely. Um, but, you know, the markets are changing. We could see that NASDAQ flying up. Gold's looking interesting. It's telling us a message. And these markets are dynamic, and we need to be reactive as such, and that's where we are at the moment. Anyway, thank you all for all your questions and, and your comments. Last week, we got a load of them, which is really really good to see if you're staying around for this this long then 
give us a like. We'd love to see that as well. And smash us up for your viewer questions for next week or any, any kind of setups that you like the look of yourself and just want to sort of get in on the mix and, and, and tell us how you're seeing things as well. Um, so we'll see you more uh, for next week for more of The Trade-Off. Bye.